Welcome to the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast, a podcast brought to you by BrianRHiggins.com. In today's episode, we follow up on a conversation about sermon prep and go into the notes themselves. What should you be looking for in the paper or the document on your iPad that you're going to be looking at while you're teaching, and I give some practical tips about how to organize that in a helpful way for when you're teaching. All right, let's dive right into our conversation about teaching notes. First of all, I want to just say that notes are such an important part of a message. They can be the difference between you saving yourself again and again and again through the course of your message as you kind of blank out in different moments, and they can keep you headed in the right direction. It's easy sometimes as Bible teachers to begin to wander. Normally, if you're interested in teaching the Bible, it's because you love talking about the Bible. And in a lot of biblically-based conversations, things can just go all over the place. And that is not what we are aiming for when it comes to teaching. We want our teachings to have direction, to have vision, to have one thing that they're kind of aiming at by the end. And notes go a really long way in helping you with that. I wanted to talk about notes for a few reasons this early in the podcast. One of them is because having just talked about teaching prep, this is going to be what you're working with. You're going to be working your notes out, writing your outline, writing some kind of document or or whatever it is you're actually going to be looking at, maybe just in a notebook, um, writing out your thoughts and ideas before you actually step up to teach. So I wanted to give you some tips about how to do that before we dove into some other things. The other reason I wanted to talk about it is because notes, I think, very rarely get discussed. And it's because when we think about teaching... We're talking about this very spiritual exercise. We're talking about this thing that happens in churches and in moments when people get together and say, we want to be reformed by the word. And so we place this high calling and this heavy emphasis on the spirituality of what's going on in a teaching as well we should. I'm not trying to downplay that, but notes don't really feel like a very spiritual thing. Uh, It's important but it gets neglected because it's not as important as the Word of God moving by the power of the Spirit of God to transform the people of God. That being said, if we're going to talk about teaching, this is something we need to talk about. One thing to clear up from the beginning as well, notes do not mean that you are not speaking from the heart. I've heard a lot of people kind of have that pushback to notes, or they really limit their notes so that they have the freedom to speak from the heart and they say things like, oh, I just want it to be genuine when I'm up there and I just want whatever's in my heart to come on out. A couple things on that. One, the Bible tells you your heart is wicked, so calm down. Second, notes aren't about removing the genuineness and removing the, uh, the emotion from your teaching. You want that there. I don't want to discourage you from walking in that way. Notes get things out of your head and onto a paper so that they can remind you. I remember one time in particular, I was getting ready to teach in the main sanctuary at our church for the first time at a midweek service, and there were probably going to be 300-ish people there, something like that, and I was super nervous for it, and I was going over my notes again and again, and one of the more experienced pastors on the staff, he came in and asked how I was doing, and he asked if he could look at my notes, and he was scrolling through it, and he looked at one illustration in particular, which I had just written a couple words down to remind myself of some story 
that I was going to use. I don't even really remember what the story was, but I remember he looked at that and he said, so with this story, what are you going to say there? And I did this sort of, oh, well, you know, that was this moment when this thing kind of happened. I just started fumbling over my words and I didn't really know what I was going to say. And he said something that stuck with me. He used the phrase, if you can't think clearly about it now, when you're not on stage and when you're not in front of people, what about the pressure of the moment makes you think you'll be more clear in your thinking there? And that really stopped me for a second. That made me understand. So this is what my notes are really supposed to be doing. They are the things that help me think clearly or that capture my clear thinking on a thought so that when I'm going to teach it, I am able to deliver it in the clearest possible way. Uh, What's clear in your mind will be clear, or at least will have the shot to be clear for the people that are listening to you. What's muddy in your mind will be extremely muddy in the minds of the people that you're going to teach. So notes are extremely important. A couple things that I look for in my own notes. The first thing I'm looking for is I want them to show me what's coming next. So this will be a little bit different for you if you are a full manuscript teacher and simply meaning that you write out every word that you're going to say and you essentially read your notes like a script. Uh, That's not something I do, but that's not something I would knock. There are great preachers that do that. We have a lot of great books by dudes like Charles Spurgeon and all those guys because they wrote out their sermons word for word. So I'm not going to knock that because that's not exactly how I do it. And there are a lot of people that I know that don't exactly teach that same way. One of the things that I'm looking for in my notes is do they warn me what's coming up next? I like to be able to look down at the page and know how the thought I'm sharing in the moment links back to what came before and looks ahead to what's going to come next. I'm always interested in my flow within a message. And so your notes are trying to give you that flow, at least somewhat. They're trying to orient the point that you're making with where it fits in the message as a whole. Let's say for a second that you're teaching a three-point message and your second point is about prayer. Prayer is such a huge topic. It's such a wide-ranging thing that you could talk about. You could say so many different things about prayer. You could talk about diligence in prayer. You could talk about how amazing it is that we get to talk to God. You could talk about how it relates to the fact that God is organizing and running the world the way that he sees fit and how it mixes with human freedom. You could talk about the tenderness of meeting with God in prayer. You could say so many different things about prayer that if your middle point is just talking about prayer— you may not say the one of those that you intended to say. You may just begin talking about prayer generally, and then you go to jump to your third point, and it feels like a hard right turn. Good notes help you avoid that. They get things out of your head, and they show you how things flow uh, within the totality of your message. They keep you on that right track. One of the questions I get a lot about notes is how much is too much? Um, People are normally looking for, so you make, you know, six, seven, however many pages worth of notes. That's the number I should aim for. Once I hit that page number, then I have a full message. And that's not really a good way to think about it. It's not a super helpful question, how how many notes or how many pages of notes uh, constitute enough. That's not 
the way that it really works. Different people have different note styles and note styles turn into different amounts of notes that you need. I know that my senior pastor will normally teach off of anywhere, and I'm totally estimating, but he'll teach from somewhere to 12 to 18 pages of notes. I know for me, a normal message is four to five. I just prefer the freedom and I I pack fewer thoughts in and I space things out a little bit more. Um, whereas he's a very meaty preacher and there's just a lot of different points that he's making along the way. And he's really planning out his, you know, sub point tracking and things like that. Just because of different note styles, we have entirely different page, page numbers in regards to our notes. So if you were to just ask each of us, you'd get two entirely different answers that may not necessarily mean anything for you in the place that you're at. It comes really by repetition. You figure out how many pages or how, what amount of notes you need, the more you teach and the more you think things through. And what I would encourage you in the beginning is don't think about pages. Think about the number of big ideas that you're talking about. So one message that I taught relatively recently uh, was in 1 Samuel chapter 16. We were going through the story of the anointing of King David after Saul had been rejected in 1 Samuel 15. It was the beginning of a Life of David series. It was introducing the whole history of what was going on with Israel and the Philistines. And beyond that, even though I only had, I think, five pages of notes for that sermon, I had packed so many huge points into that sermon where every couple verses I was stopping and introducing this big idea or introducing some kind of major uh, paradigm shift or you know big application, something I wanted you to do differently. I had so many ideas that I was halfway through my notes and I was already about 30 minutes in. And normally I try and teach for 40 minutes. And I thought I am in way too deep. I've sunk myself way too far into this. I have too many big ideas. And that's what made my message really long, not the amount of notes I did or did not have. So really ask yourself, how many big ideas are you going through? And how are you building those big ideas? The framework of your message is what you really need to get across. And then the little things along the way, like the illustrations and the quotes and the cross-references, those are things you you can use or you can cut along the way. But if you have just too many big ideas, you're, you're stuck. There's not really too much you can do with that. So in terms of how many notes you need, think in those terms. Think in terms of big ideas. Your notes along the way need to be personal. If our goal in notes is these are the things that help me understand what I was thinking beforehand, then they need to be written in a way that you will personally understand. It's very easy to begin comparing your note style with somebody else's note style. The problem is it may not be helpful. It may not be something that really makes a difference to you. I know that I'm fortunate to be in a situation where I work at a church with multiple pastors And there is not a single one of them whose notes I would want to teach off of. And that's not because their notes are bad or my notes are so good or or vice versa. It's just because everyone's notes are individualized. I can think of one pastor in particular whose notes kind of work like drawings. And there are arrows and there are lines and there are little figures and all that. If I were simply handed his notes and told, hey, teach the passage, I just couldn't do it. And that's not because his notes are wrong for him. It's because they're wrong for me. So when you think about your notes, 
you need to think what is going to help me. I can share one tip that has been very helpful for me, and that's simply using color on my notes. Uh, so when I'm looking at my notes, what I'm looking at is one single pages document, and I have everything in that one document. My title is at the top. It's written in outline form. Uh, so my major points like introduction, major point one, major point two, those are my biggest headings. The next level in is either just what I'm saying. So like for an introduction, I may not start with a verse. It may just be what I'm saying. Uh, but for all of my major points under that, my verses are my next major heading. And those are written in. Uh, I'm not using my Bible separately. Most of the time, I don't even go on stage with my Bible. I'm just bringing my iPad with me, and I'm looking at it that way. And my text is in there. My illustrations are in there. My sub points are in there. My conclusion, everything is all written in one thing. And for me, what I found is that if I just have one document with a white background and black text, as I walk around or even just as I look up and look around the room and try and make eye contact with people as I'm doing all those things, when I take a quick look back down at my notes, I have to take a good two or three seconds to just orient myself on the page. Whereas if I'm using color in my notes, that orients it for me. So what I mean by that is all my text is black, but I'm highlighting things in different colors. And I kind of have this little scheme that I just know that this is what these different colors mean. You don't need to do it this particular way, but I have um, all of my scriptures are in yellow, just normal highlighting. And that's what stands out the most. Blue is all of my illustrations or things that I'm going to kind of walk into a little bit. Uh, things that I'm expanding along the way where it's just I'm taking that one idea of, oh, well, this is like when you're in the lunchroom in high school and you trip and everyone goes, oh, and like laughs at you and all that. Those things I'll write just three words on that and I'll highlight that in blue so that I know I'm kind of walking around with that idea a little bit. Green is my big points of this is the thing I want you to take away from this. I may pause before I say this. Most of the time I'm reading that just word for word to them, that one sentence that kind of brings the point home. Uh, if I'm quoting somebody else, that's an orange, just to get a different color in there. I know that I'm reading that. It looks similar to the yellow for me. So I know that, okay, that's something I'm going to pause and read. And I'm intentionally slowing down with this because I want them to catch every word of it. And then if there's a definition or like a major concept uh, that I need to really walk into and explain, like the Passover or uh, one thing that I'm going to be teaching was about Saul looking at David and thinking, oh, he's not here. Maybe he's ceremonially unclean. You know, I'm going to explain that concept a little bit. That's in purple. Uh, just so that way, as I'm looking through my notes, just by the colors themselves, I can see where I am and I can see where I need to go next. Before we wrap up, just a few really practical tips. The first, font size matters you will be surprised at how small your text looks to you when you actually get up there and you put your notes down on the music stand or the pulpit or the table or whatever it is that you're standing next to or behind when you're actually going to teach the Bible. A good way to check that is whatever you've printed or whatever's on your iPad, normally when you're reading, you hold something like at your chest level, very close to your face, hold it down by your waist instead. 
if you can read it clearly at that distance, that is probably slightly longer than the distance your notes will be to you when you're actually teaching. So if you could read it there, you're good to go. When you actually get up to the podium or the table or the pulpit or whatever it is you're preaching at, take the time you need to just settle in and to get your stuff laid out. So for the most part, when I'm teaching, I will have my iPad uh, sitting there in front of me. Sometimes I'll bring the Bible with me. Uh, Most of the time, I'm just using what's on my iPad. That sounds like a really terrible thing to say about Bible teaching, but all the verses are there, and that's really what matters. Anyway, and then I will also bring my phone, and my phone will be on airplane mode, and there is a wonderful app called Silent Timer, where you can set how long you want it to go for. So if I want to teach for 30 minutes, I can set it for 30 minutes. And once it hits that mark, it doesn't like buzz or make any noise. It's called silent timer. So you probably saw that coming. It'll just flash red at me and then it will begin counting up, which actually makes me super anxious, which kind of brings me to my conclusion a little bit quicker. Don't rush getting all of your things ready. You know, you may have your notes, you may have your Bible, you may have a book that you're going to read a quote from, you may want your phone acting as some kind of timer, there may be a recording device or something, there may be a lot of things you need to get set up. As soon as you get up there and you're being silent, you're going to feel like you're ruining everything and no one is going to care. Everyone's going to be totally fine giving you that time. It's better that you settle in than that you begin rushed. One of the things with regards to your notes before you even get to teaching that I always try to do is I, before I end up in a place where I'm really stuck with my notes, I look at it and give one full review. I'll read through every line in the notes and make sure I know what every illustration means. I know how all these points work together. I'm not surprised by any of these verses. If anything surprises you in your notes, it will not be helpful to you when you are on stage. It will not be useful to you or bring anything meaningful to your mind. So you want to make sure in your review, nothing is surprising you. And if it is surprising you or if it takes you a couple seconds to remember the thing you were trying to say, it's not specific enough and it's not going to be helpful. So try and write that out a little bit more, even if it messes with your line breaks or something like that, it will help you in the long run. And last, but certainly not least, remember, your notes are there to serve you. You are not there to serve your notes. You're there to serve the people that you're teaching. And your notes are just one tool that you have. So don't get too caught up in, oh, but I wanted my notes to look exactly like that. I have absolutely been guilty of that. And there have been times where I will be writing out a a trigger for an illustration that I really want to fit on one line because then it will end naturally at the page or whatever and it'll go to two and I'll cut it back and I'll regret it because I won't have given myself enough information. Whatever you need down in your notes, make sure you get it right. Your notes are serving you. You are not there to serve your notes. And ultimately... When your notes are well-crafted, when they are helpful, when they're bringing good things back to your mind, they will make you a better Bible teacher and they will help you explain the Word of God well, which is ultimately the goal of why we teach in the first place. Thank you for listening to this episode of the First Time Bible Teacher Podcast, brought to you by BrianRHiggins.com. If you liked anything you heard, please share this podcast with friends and family or 
people that are at your church that you think may be interested in teaching the Bible. You can subscribe on iTunes, and as always, you can check out more information at brianrhiggins.com to learn more about this podcast and some related writings that explore some similar topics. We'll see you next time.